Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Autocar Business Changemakers podcast in association with Tomorrow's Journey. I'm Felix Page, I'm Autocar's news editor. Joining me as ever in the studio is Tomorrow's Journey CEO, Chris Kirby, and we're joined today by Jordan Brompton, who is CMO at My Energy. I think My Energy is going to be one of the more familiar names to our listeners, uh, but I thought we'd start, maybe you could just give us a bit of a backstory about where you come from and how the company's evolved since you started. It was 2016? Yeah, so it was 2016, and hi, by the way, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, 2016 that we started, it was myself and um, a guy called Lee Sutton that started the business. Um, he's an electronics engineer, and we'd worked together previously in the renewable industry. Um, and yeah, we established in 2016 with the idea of self-consumption. So what does that mean? It means that if you've got solar panels on your roof or any form of microgeneration, wind turbine, hydro even, or solar, how are you going to keep that energy within the home? Um, so we started out with a product called the Eddy, which is a power diverter. So if you've got most cases, it's solar. Um, we invented this little gizmo that goes in the home. And if there's any excess power that's about to be exported to the grid, it'll divert it to a hot water tank or underfloor heating, towel rail, um, basically, it's just a way of heating your home, decarbonizing your home and utilizing every little bit of energy that you generate in yourself. Um, and then I guess what catapulted us into the brand and everything that we are now was our electric vehicle charger, the Zappi. So we used similar technology, total different design, but similar technology and concept to divert the spare power from your solar to your car battery and it just turned out that we were the first in the world to do that and it was exactly what a lot of EV drivers were looking for um, but because we've got such um, a, like a, an interesting niche and because we manage the home energy management so well um, it's obviously it brought a lot of attention um, sort of to the brand and now we've got a battery storage system and everything as well so it was 2016 two of us with a few engineers Fast forward to now, and there's um, 350 plus staff. We've got a big factory that we're building in Grimsby. We Amazing. manufacture it all in the UK ourselves, apart from the battery cells before I start getting <laughs> hate online. <laughs> and um, and yeah, the rest is sort of history. It's been a bit of a mad ride, if I'm honest. Can you give me a quick dummies guide? I'm a technical idiot. Uh, a quick dummies guide to how the Zappi works. So how can yeah. I expect to sort of use that? So, so what it does, it comes with a, a current transformer, a CT clamp that clips around the meter tail and it monitors the import and export of the building and if it senses any export it'll divert the um, power to the car uh, but it'll also load balance the home so if you've got like um, even if you don't have solar but you've got um, a lot going on in the home it can have an eco mode and if it senses that like an electric shower's on or a kettle's boiling it'll lower the power to the car um, to not warm up your main fuse because back in the day there was just dumb chargers straight to putting full power straight to the car without any consideration of the grid mm -hmm. any consideration to what's going on in the home um so even people without solar were really seeing the benefits of this load balancing feature that we sort of introduced to the market with smart charging so it's all about that ct clamp and load balance in the home and then because it works with all the other products in the ecosystem you can divert where you want the power to go within within the home so um that's where all our IP is really around how we monitor and measure the energy and stop it from going out to grid. Constant aim is to keep the power at zero, so not very much import and no export. It's essentially yeah. taking you off grid. Yeah, nice. Okay, yeah, brilliant. And I think I'm probably going to ask some more technology-based questions, more for my own uh, interest yeah, things no we talked about before. Um, but just we don't always have a good, with our guests pretty varied. Um, we have 
some bigger companies, some smaller companies. But I think probably for you guys, because you're one of the founding team, interested yeah. a little bit about your kind of entrepreneurial journey, I guess. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I just find it super interesting. I have my own and um, yeah, I, I like to hear the, the journeys people have been on. I think it's um, relatively underrepresented in our LinkedIn uh, conversations that we have. Look how we're doing all this stuff. Isn't it great? We yeah. won this award. We did this thing. We've hired these people. But the actual challenge of getting to the stuff from the 2016 start to a product to market to get into 350 people isn't quite as linear as just a number no. of milestones, right? So no. I'm really interested in, in hearing a bit about that. Yeah. I mean, it's been chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and not easy by any stretch. I mean, I've had a few many breakdowns, like many bees, as they call them. Like it's um, it's not easy. And it was fun in like the heyday when you when you start something. I think you're so naive. Like I always had this dream of owning a big business and doing well. I've always been entrepreneurial. I had a business before my energy. So did Lee. So it was two characters that have always dabbled and been interested. But when you grow up in Grimsby, there's not crazy amounts of opportunities. It's not like I grew up around entrepreneurial parents. They've worked hard all their life, very working class, but I didn't have anyone to sort of um, look up to in that sense. So I had to carve my own way. I was looking up at like Elon Musk mm -hmm. and thinking, why not? Like, give it a go. Um, but I've got a very, very colourful background. I've done everything because I never truly knew what I wanted to do. So I wasn't particularly academic at school, mm -hmm. tried super hard, but just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I think my parents always did a great job of just saying, luckily, you've got good communication skills, you're confident. Um, you, ha you work hard, you try anything. I think you'll, that'll get you pretty far in life. And mm -hmm. I just threw myself into work, like straight from school. Well, even before school, I was working on the local Sunday market, selling scooters on a Sunday. Um, and that's where I, I realised that the guy was buying them for a f like fiver and selling them for 15 quid. And I was like, oh. And I was getting a few quid commission, and that was at like 13, 14 years yeah. old. Need so. to get him on an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I was like, mobility, entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, oh my god! Like I started to get a flavour for business from a really young age, and then I was hustling. Where I was doing like three or four jobs. I, I was very happy to have my own money and be independent from my parents. And then I tried a few little businesses. One as a sole trader, just doing different dance because I was a dancer as well previously, like when I was young. So then I did like Zumba instructing and started teaching that around the town. Then I um, then I went off traveling and that really opened my eyes culturally to like the world. And when I came back, that's when I met Lee. I just thought I'm gonna need a little job to keep me ticking over, to keep some money coming in. And that's where I met Lee because he, he'd already invented this little device. Um, he used to be a solar installer. And then he invented this little device to turn the thermostat like up and down, which is now like a, a, a an old version of our current Eddie product. Right. And I was like, what an unbelievable guy. Like, no, he was shy as anything. Like now he's an amazing CEO and he can hold the room and he's confident. And but when I met him, he was like in a shed mm -hmm. with some engineers, like typical, can't say boo to a goose. Mm -hmm. And I just fell in love with like the whole idea of the renewable industry. I didn't know anything about it until that point. And I really thought, oh my God, I found my niche. Cause I'd had businesses in cycling product. I had, mm -hmm. I had a company called Spitfire Distribution, which didn't do that great, but I was, buying parts from France, cycling parts from France and selling them to the UK. But I quickly realised that I hated being the middleman, like because yeah, I was being yeah. squeezed by the supplier yeah. and I was being squeezed by the customer. And I realised that I was going to have to sell a crazy amount of volume to ever make any money yeah. or to be a success. So when I sort of met Lee and we went on, started this adventure together, I've never looked back, but it has been, I mean, I've had a baby in the time that we set my energy up. We put our houses on the line, the pair of us. 
Um, we, you know, we've had times where co when COVID hit, obviously we thought that was the end and it was just as we was on the up. Um, we've had ch microchip shortages where, you know, the industry is crying out for our products and we can't deliver it. And then we're scaling up production. We've, we've experienced, you know, growing pains. We've experienced market slowdowns because of the war and the cost mm -hmm. of energy crisis, which the year before we were growing at 200%. Now we have to adjust and we've committed mm -hmm. to all the parts. So we've suffered a period of where we've had to lay off factory workers. And it's just mm -hmm. been like the maddest roller coaster I've ever like I manifested it all, but I'm like, I didn't actually realize what I was wishing for when I got to care for what you wish for. Like I don't, I don't regret it and I love it and I wouldn't want it any other way, but I've had to grow up like fast. And I already thought, I already thought I was pretty mature, but owning a business and this operating at this scale, like. What's the, uh, what's the roller coaster doing at the moment? Um, so we've just got over the hump of the last six months have been pretty tough, not going to lie, because we were delayed with our battery release. So we developed a battery called the Libby and that was very much asked for by our customers. And it was the first it's the first sort of in the market to work with an ecosystem. So even like the Tesla Powerwall, for example, you've got the Powerwall, you've got the car, you've got the um, charger, not all speaking, and then mm. throwing like heat controls and stuff like that. Mm. Customers have got multiple different apps for doing different things and the batteries drain in the car. And it's just, so we've tried to solve that problem and we now understand why no one solved it before because it's bloody difficult. <laughs> so we were delayed with that. So we had the products on order, the actual batteries on order, which tied up a huge amount of cash. Mm. And, um, so that was really hard. And then actual, there's a hell of a lot of competition now for just EV charging in general. There's like 200 odd suppliers or something in the UK from all over the world. And it's like trying to hold on to your market share is not easy. And we're, we're not self-funded anymore because we've got HSBC, um, thankfully did us a um, revolving credit line of 30 million. But up until that point, we were pretty much self-funding off our own growth um, we had initial investment in 2019 of 1.8 million and then we've been growing off our own profits ever since so when the size of the business monitor like measure handling supply chain market slowdowns still growing recruitment it was time we got a bit of help so our biggest challenge and our bit at the roller coaster if we've just come out of like it feels like the market's picking up again after a bit of a slowdown through mm -hmm, the energy mm -hmm. crisis We've just got over um, the redundancy process of where we had to lay some of our staff off because we were at 400 odd staff. Um, and that's been really, really tough. It's not been nice for like management. It's been really sad for everybody involved, obviously devastating for the ones that have lost their jobs, but we did it so that we had a business to like maintain and hopefully recruit those people again when everything's back where we hope it would, hoped it would be this time last year. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it sounds doom and gloom, but it's actually not because when you look at the the figures and everything, we've still grown. Like we've still grown a ridiculous amount. It just wasn't at the same rate of knots as last year when there was grants and subsidies and no cost of living and energy crisis. So we're just getting over that, if I'm honest. And we've we've shipped our first load of libbies. Like we sold out of them in 15 minutes, which we didn't anticipate. And that's how many, how many was that? Um, that was like 1600 units in the first drop 15 minutes, 15 wow. minutes gone so like we're now like steadying that trying to organize the order book and um, make sure that we've got a constant supply of batteries coming over which we've never had to do because that's now somebody that's something that we're buying from China um, mm -hmm. from CATL and um, and K-Star are our suppliers and then we manufacture the, the controller that goes in it that gets it working with the whole system so it's just new waters again new territory 
we're in lots we're in Belgium, the Netherlands, so I call it the Benelux region, yeah. um, Ireland, Australia, Germany. All well, their markets experienced the same sort of slowdown as the UK did, so it was a, a global macro thing. But they're all picking up again, and they're all desperate for the Libby product. But there's different levels to compliance and stuff like that. So we're just working out through, just working out all of that, yeah, and promise. then starting to ship. Yeah. So I'm sorry, that's a very long-winded, honest no, 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 answer no, as good. to where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah I do yeah. Th do think that kind of things are really important, though, and definitely something that um, I try to do more of because I guess as a, a founder of a tech business you you are the face of and almost like in, to some extent you are the company so yeah you have to tell a positive story for customers and investors and all of that stuff but yeah. it is always that roller coaster for every success there's you know yeah. five bits of pain behind it the oh, bits exactly. that you can't see and i remember saying to someone recently i had a, a situation where I, I wrote a linkedin post about i've been so busy in may we've done all this stuff you know been to abu dhabi we've signed this new deal we've gone mm -hmm. live in high end all these things um, but I remember you know, coming off, doing that off the back of a call going, we've got 10 days to run out of money. Yeah, yeah it's like those That's things. It. But it's like LinkedIn says, and everyone's going, you guys are smashing it. Well done. High five. And I'm going, oh, are oh, we? Yeah. And again, thankfully for us, so we've had that same kind of similar six months. But it's a bit under reported underrepresented i think like like all things in social media but like linkedin for entrepreneurship so I think right. is that bit so. well i suppose mor morale must be so important for, yeah especially when you're a small team at the yeah. start it is it's like it's so hard and i've always like i cannot not be honest um and you know i, I think it's really important to share the highs and lows of it um but it is, it's when you've gone from being hyped up, hyped up, hyped up and all this and then the, but something like as, as ginormous as the macro and the whole industry is suffering, you can't just keep putting a face on it. And especially when there's stuff in the news yeah. and the stuff being made redundant, it's a little bit like I had a bit of a media blackout and a bit of a time where I went a bit quiet because I thought I don't want to be disrespectful to mm -hmm. the people that yeah, have lost yeah, their jobs. It's like really tough out there at the minute, yeah. but it's like you're trying to sell the good story, you're trying to sell the growth, but you're also just, I just like to be real about it. It's mm. certainly not easy um and i still feel like we're a startup even though we're not <laughs> i still feel very much like we are because every single month <laughs> it's like changing and um a new a new challenge so you just feel like you're constantly on your toes i've like i've just got used to this feeling of discomfort yeah i'm not moaning i love it because yeah, it keeps yeah. me interested and but it is just yeah it's hard it's tough, yeah, tough it's exactly. i always have to caveat any of those things with exactly what you say yeah i wouldn't yeah. do anything else yeah I'm not yeah, I'm not yeah i'm not There's whinging definitely someone said to me a few months ago i met someone i was just telling them about i think it was actually one of our customers hadn't paid us for ages and it was a similar thing like if they don't pay us by payroll i was gonna have to put my own money into my payroll yeah and um they're like my god you must be having a panic attack i was like i think i've just been having a panic attack since 2017. <laughs> I, so think, I think it's like i think it's just the same panic attack i've just got used to it i've just got used to different levels of panic attack you carry it well yeah yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. We didn't realise that you can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just... you haven't got time to sit and like panic about it, really. Yeah. You must take some reassurance, though, from the fact that people, not just your customers, but society in general, is becoming more aware of the need for products like your own. You yeah. know, that need to maintain the energy you generate and uh, not waste anything. Well, yeah, you say that. And, and, like, and, and maybe six months ago, I might have agreed with you because... But I'm starting to sense a bit of a shift again. And I don't know if it's because I don't want to, like bash the media but at the minute like i feel like electric vehicles are being demonized or like even climate change is starting <laughs> to be like a conspiracy theory or like seen as some contentious view and 
about a year just after covid i thought oh my god the consciousness has woken people understand it people get it mm-hmm. um after the you know felt the clean air and of everybody slowing down a little bit i thought maybe people are actually really starting to understand this because that's why i fell in love with the renewable industry but in the something in the air at the minute where it feels like it's being turned on a little bit like mm-hmm. it's a bit and i'm I'm like, I thought the education piece was sort of over and the scales were tipping, but I just don't think it'll ever be over. I think we just have to lead by example and just constantly show what the products can do. And even if you're not doing it for climate change, surely you agree that one day oil will run out. And what are we supposed to do? Just sit on our hands (laughs) until that day and not progress and have different technologies. And I think especially with energy security, um, as we've seen with what's happened in, you know, with the war and how there's just so much. We, we've got to take these massive amounts of power out of certain influence. And if we can all do our little bit, the what you know, the ones that can afford it, the ones that have got the roofs, the ones that have got the driveways. If we've got this tech in our homes, we're reducing the reliance on the mains grid and on the mains power. We're allowing more renewables large renewables onto the system. And then we're balancing mm-hmm. our own homes and we're in con- uh, control of our own destiny and that's sort of like why i do it and what the passion behind my energy is yeah as you say it it should be an absolute no-brainer it's one of the things that we've talked on it about it on a previous podcast about it these kind of become a bit politicized and when it becomes politicized it becomes polarized and then you've got people who go well i don't believe in it because i'm with this side and then people go i'm gonna put it and and there is a middle ground in between like not everybody can have an electric car today not everybody can have solar and all these, but but it has to be the direction of travel. Yeah. It's either like people are going, oh, I'm going to do it, or I'm going to be like completely against it. And it's yeah, just, like, and I started the business like I'm ambitious. I wanted to make money, wanted a successful business, loved the industry, and it's almost like that's demonised in that now yeah. as well. And it's like, yeah, I think, oh my god, just what can you say? I just try not to play into any of the polarising games. I don't want to be branded as some sort of Greta Thunberg that's like <laughs> preachy, preachy, preachy to everybody or whatever. But I just. I think if everybody's just doing like that 1% that they can mm. or 1% what they can afford or that one, mm. one little change, if everybody's doing that collectively, we're all... So how do you, how do you communicate with, with customers, with the media? What, what's the message of, of my energy? I literally, like, it depends who you're talking to. So, it, like, it's very much, we stay true to our mission, which is to decarbonise heat and transport and, like, just to do our bit within the home. Mm. So we're very residential focused. And I think once people understand, like, oh, my God, the, the, the value of solar on the roof and then using all of that energy, it's pretty much a no-brainer, whether you're a cost saver, so whether you're speaking to the people who are trying to just save some money or whether you're speaking to people that care about the planet, it, it, the, it, the message can change, but yep. both of them lead us to the same thing, which is energy independence, so that's what we always sort of stick the messaging around. Yeah, okay. yeah so I think that that is such an interesting challenge. I know when we've discussed it before, it's a thing... You know, personally, I'm really interested in about trying to get almost effectively to get you off grid and electric yeah. cars gives you a real op- opportunity for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in your like uh, ideal setup, then to kind of technologically, what, what how would you if you if you were buying a, a home to building a home or whatever it would be, how, how would you kind of set this up for the ideal solution? Yeah, I just think as off grid as possible. So if you're starting out with that intention and as obviously sustainable with your materials as possible and and um, efficient. Um, but I look uh, my home now. I've got I've 
I've dreamt about it all my life to be off grid. And I and I used to look at off grid people that like they live in the woods and they're like wiring up some little solar panel <laughs> and uh, hunting themselves and everything. And I, I like it that we're modern day off grid. Yeah. So I've got solar on the roof. I've got a heat pump. I've got two of our Eddy products. One powering underfloor heating from surplus solar, like a buffer tank. Yeah. One heating my hot water tank, top bottom. And, a, and so I never pay for my heating. Like for half the year, I'm pretty much covered, even on bright days through the winter. My heating's looked after. I've got um, 10 kilowatt hours of um, Libby storage. So when I've not got my car plugged in, Eddie's doing its thing. It then goes to the Libby. And mm. then on a night time, I'm using the power from the sunshine from the day to power my home at the peak, most expensive mm-hmm. times of energy. Yeah. So I'm just like loving it all year <laughs> round. Then you can go a step beyond what I'm seeing customers do now. And what's so good about these smart energy tariffs that are coming out, which all our products work with as well, is if you can't have solar yet, even the economics of the battery storage system stack up if you're going to charge it on off-peak power to yeah. so then power your home when the demand is so much. Like just that alone does such a big difference on the grid. So I just think building a home efficient, definitely look at battery storage, definitely look at solar, make sure it's fit for the future with either a, a socket ready for to have an EV charger installed because you probably, well, if the 2030 band stays in place yeah, yeah. and you're wanting a new car, like a new one, you will have to go electric. Um, but yeah, I just think there's so much coming on the market. There's so many cool um, ideas that 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 would be my way to go. Just always include solar. Yeah, nice. Make sure you're building it south facing if you yeah. can. Yeah. If you was gonna do new build, but all of this stuff can be retrofitted mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so even a little bit of solar and then a, a, a smart energy tariff will save you an absolute fortune and do your bit um, on on your energy usage. Yeah, awesome. Um, we were talking a bit, going back to the kind of media piece again, one of the things that um, I think is always interesting for us is a bit of myth busting. Yeah, um, yeah. Typically our audience are like relatively educated industry people, so we're not necessarily talking to the consumer here, but I do still think, and I do still hear in conversations I have some kind of the, the, the myth challenges. But I guess from from your perspective, like what, what are some of the big ones that you're still still hearing i guess the the grid can't take it is oh, it yeah. <laughs> the grid's, gonna melt. The grid's gonna melt yeah <laughs> well i just love um counter you know acting that one with our tech because um we've we've done some math and when we've got a million customers in the uk we'd have a seven gigawatts of flexible power right. so all of our products have been built with frequency response and demand side response built into them from the off so that the consumer, prosumer, will be able to choose whether they offer balancing mechanisms to the mm-hmm. grid. So if there's you know peaks and troughs in demand, they can mm-hmm. give power back or reduce the power in the home. Mm-hmm. And um, seven gigawatts of flexible power, that's pretty massive. Like Drax is our biggest power station in the UK, mm-hmm. and that's four gigawatts. Yeah, okay. So I try to explain to people that by having this smart tech in the home, it's actually so bloody powerful, and the grid's mm-hmm. not going to melt if you're doing yeah, it from yeah. your own... <laughs> from your own home yep. and then eventually like there's going to be vehicle to grid and vehicle to x there's already some charges mm-hmm. on the market that allow that it's just a race to see whether it's going to be ac or dc mm-hmm. i think it's going to go ac because the inverters are in the car so why are you going to put a chunky inverter on the side of your house yep. to do that conversion when you could just take the power straight out of your car through a standard socket like a, a charger like a zappy mm-hmm. and um, power the home as well and power the grid mm-hmm. essentially so i'm like the grid's not gonna melt there's already <laughs> plenty of people out there like amazing even the national grid send people out to do talks to say look this is how many cars we can have on this is how much power we can take like the infrastructure needs putting in here here and here as long as you're having smart products that are doing load balancing or can be connected down streets which Mm. already exists like the tech already exists people just don't know about it it's just the naysayers and clickbait that like to 
you know, if people are scared and there's a narrative, people are going to click and read it, aren't they? Yeah. Is, is there is there a way, is there a future maybe in which legislation supports the uptake of smart devices like the ones yeah, you were I think, selling? Yeah, um, and, and they already do. Like they put in the smart charging regulation like last year and that threw the market into a bit of a tiz because it was quite a lot of change that needed to be around it. I wish they'd consulted a little bit more with people that have been doing it for a long yeah, time yeah. because luckily we've got people on the committees that go, hang on a minute, if you put that in there, that means people won't be able to self-consume their own power, but they would have done it un- unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah, some little yeah. clause would have meant... So they need to be speaking to tech companies that are leading the way to have, because we're innovating. We're not like, you know, usually the regulators are a little bit behind the innovators and it needs all about working together. But I do think they're trying the best. I think we're quite market leading as a country, really, for this sort of stuff with load balancing and grid and demand side response and AI and smart grids and virtual power plants and stuff. I think we're doing pretty well. And I think, you know, if you look at America, um, that's a huge opportunity about to open up, but I do think they're about three to five years um, behind yeah. the UK in terms of technology for this stuff. Yeah, I think generally in this this part of the market, if you take everything from mobility into kind of uh, EV transition and uh, and into China charging, they're quite a bit behind. I went yeah. to the um, Move conference, the, the big one that's yeah. in the UK. I went to their US one last year, and it was like Move 2019. Yeah, we were there. People were like. So this car subscription thing, you're like, yeah. oh right, okay. Yeah. So I think it does feel <laughs> like, oh, what's this electric? These electric cars are cool. It's like, I'm okay, just right, like yeah. oh my god, the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, huge, it? I think it's definitely people switching on to that. Trying to think of other myths for you. There's, there's obviously a few. Like I think I still hear range anxiety being yeah, brought up, so, but yeah, yeah, like the cars, batteries now are so big that you can yeah. do. Like I, I just drove in the Audi from Grimsby to London, and it had 80 miles left on it. Didn't stop once. Yeah, and chose a hotel with a charger. Yeah, I'm like it's bloody brilliant. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, people think, and that's a slow charger that's just going to charge overnight. People mm. panic like hell. But I hardly ever use a public no. network. I just use like destination charging, and or lucky because I've got a driveway, I can use home charging. But there's even if you haven't got a driveway, there's really like ace initiatives now where people like co charge and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Apps where people will hire out their driveways for you, and mm. you can just you know do a transaction swap for energy or um, so I think there's so many ways to innovate around it yet yeah, and, and already myths being smashed wide open that it's just, again, just clickbait. Yeah, I think in, almost in a way it like drives the clickbait. It's almost a point of desperation. You know, yeah. some more. I think that the um, all car parks collapsing under the weight of electric cars is my favourite one. Someone did, someone really sensible, one of my friends said it to me the other day and I was like, is this a, is this a joke? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, no, no. I, I, Probably drives a Defender or something yeah, as well. Like, exactly. There's like loads of ranges, Defenders, like, yeah, well, how have we been coping all these years? Like, it's totally fine. And most yeah. EVs, I mean, they're not even that big. They're quite small. Well, to be fair, I wouldn't put my money on that car park that we'd parked into. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hell, that is a lie. That but it would be good. If, but probably a good thing if that. Yeah, if that exactly. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like anything. It's a bit, a bit like the grid, the grid stuff. I think it's where if you took an absolute worst case scenario that would never happen. If you filled, you know, the car park that we've all parked in today. If you Tesla if you fill that with Tesla Model Xs, I mean, it's never full anyway. But if you filled it with Tesla Model Xs, would it go outside of what it was originally designed for? Like, maybe, yeah. but like. That's that's not a thing. It's the same with it. If you took if every, if you replaced every car on the road now with an EV and plugged them all into a home charger at the same time, yeah. would it overload the grid? Probably. Exactly. <laughs> like, no one does happen. it. Like it's such a common misconception. That is it as well. Like how often you need to charge. Like you plug yeah. your phone in or whatever every single night because they don't mm. hold the tiny tiny batteries. Yeah. These cars, like I probably plug mine in like 
once a week if that depending on how busy or how you know how many miles i do on the road and i'm on the road a fair bit and um but if i do i'll just plug it in leave it in eco mode and let the solar trickle charge it throughout like i do not miss going to a fuel station genuinely I hate it. That's I my favourite, like it. counter, not counter myth, but my yeah. This is not countering directly a myth, but people. Like one of my mates was saying to me the other day, I couldn't couldn't do it because you know one time a year we drive to Exeter and you'd have to charge on the way. And I was like, how many times do you go to a petrol station? Yeah, count like, that time. I was like, I've never been to, I haven't been to a petrol station since I got mine like nine months ago. Well, I do because the sausage rolls at the M and S. But um, like, you don't. Uh, here we kidding? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here we kidding? Have you got any fuel? Oh, I wish there was actually an excuse to come here more often. Um, but yeah, like that bit of just being my petrol stations at home. Yeah, yeah it's such an easy thing. But I'm the same thing. Like charge once a week. I'll charge twice this week because I've been here two, two days in a row. Um, but yeah just that the range isn't an issue public charging is is good yeah um, if you plan your, your stuff so yeah I definitely think it's and uh, I was scared for the like I'm not gonna lie because I'm such a Tesla fangirl like, I can't even people whinge at me for it but I'm an Elon fangirl and I'm a Tesla fangirl and I always will be and I've had a Tesla like I had a Nissan Leaf first and foremost and I drove to Orkney in it that was one of my first like major voyages I went to meet Bobby Llewellyn um, to show him the zappy it was before it like took off and uh, I did it at 55 mile range. So this was in 2017, early 2017. It was freezing. It was in the winter and it did 55 miles. And um, I had to drive it from Grimsby to Orkney and I had to stop 12 times to charge. <laughs> and it took me all through the night as well. And oh my God, it was brutal. And that's the only time I knew the public system because I'd rock up at a charger, won't work. I needed a different app for it. I needed something else or I'd rock up and a gate would be shut because it was five in the morning and I couldn't get in and um, I couldn't have the heating on so I was in a sleeping bag and I thought this is proper early adopter stuff and then I'm being online trying to sell my business like electric cars are great. I think my passion would have taken a knock at that point about three in the morning at some point. As the camera's steaming up on your phone. It was savage and then so then I had Tesla and then I was totally spoiled and couldn't relate to anybody having public charger issues because Tesla's is so slick so smooth they've nailed it and that's what that's why they're so ahead of the game but then um I thought you know what it's a few years on now I know that you know the standards have changed that it's all contactless payment you ain't got all these different apps there's a lot more fast chargers on the motorways now and the grid surfboard ecotricity and they're good friends of mine I thought right I'm I'm gonna risk it I'm gonna (laughs) put my Tesla aside I'm gonna try something new and I'm having so much fun mm-hmm. with it. I ain't had one problem yet. Um, rocked up straight to a public charger, tap, go, 20 minutes. I'd had a little Starbucks and I was ready to go again after. The frustration is, isn't it, that that, that car that you've come in here today is, I think, the fastest charging EV you can currently yes. get in the UK. And I live with one for a bit. But the the trouble is when you pull up at, at a fast charger with yeah. your fast charging car and you're still only pulling 30 kilowatts off so the grid, annoying. that is frustrating. Yeah. And I think maybe that's maybe that's one of our next obstacles is yeah. just to educate people with regard to you're not always going to top up as fast as you can. Yeah, depending on what grid's doing. Exactly. Yeah. And you've, I think people resent having to plan around that uncertainty to an extent. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask you was, do you think the... Does your business model factor in advances in public charging infrastructure, advances in different forms of mobility? How are you adapting to that? 
Um, no, not so much the public. I mean, we get asked for it a lot, like public um, charging infrastructure. And we've just put in OCPP, which is, I mean, finally, <laughs> everybody's been whinging at us for it for ages. And it is a pretty common language that all chargers speak and right. all the public chargers speak it. And if you've got fleets and things like that, it needs to speak OCPP language okay. so that it can connect to different back offices offices and stuff. But because we've been so focused on the home, it was just a chunk of work that we weren't ready to do because we're not in that market but mm. we thought right it's a we need to now because there's more and more people having zappies at work and at home so that's where we've sort of shifted a little bit of focus so that we can have them in large fleets and at home but in terms of like public infrastructure no and the cars i mean they all have to follow regulation they all have to follow um the same sort of standards but how they interpret the standards is very different mm. so we do get some cars doing some weird and wonderful stuff and then obviously it's always our fault because we build the charger to a standard and, mm. and, and everybody interprets things different. And so we do whatever we can to work with all the quirks that the OEMs throw out with their updates and we'll do something with the software to match it. If We have to be on top of that sometimes. Some of the, some of the brands are worse than others mm. for doing it. But um, there's nothing too hectic that's changing that I can see in terms of tech. I know there's stuff like underfloor... Um, what do you call it? Where the charging's not actually on a plug, it's like... Very inductive. Inductive. Yeah. There's, there's, there's people talking about that, and um, obviously the roads that charge... Might have got that wrong, it might be induction. Induction, yeah, that's induction, the one. Yeah. Is it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but someone, yeah. someone will tell us. Yeah, someone will tell us. The thing us, that, like, when you charging. put your phone on it, yeah, yeah, for yeah, a car. Wireless yeah, charging. I think um, that. magic. Magic. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I think the next thing is going to be vehicle to grid and vehicle to X because although consumers don't really understand necessarily what it means yet, some do, the early adopters, but mass market doesn't. It's like there's quite a lot to iron out with that. Like who's going to look after the warranty of the battery in the car? How many life cycles can it have? What You know, when you start dabbling with the car, the car's battery mm-hmm. um, to power home and grid, there's quite a lot of nu- nuance there to work out and yeah. um, whether it goes AC, DC, things like that. But I think for a while, like, each home has got power. There's nothing wrong with, like, a cable. You know, do we do we really need, like... I'm sure some people will put wireless charging in and park on a pad mm. instead of plugging it in, but what? I think really, I, I think I it's lo- lots of stuff like that in in tech where there's some real use cases, real niche use cases for it, but mm-hmm. becoming mainstream. And I think they often get presented as like a mainstream option. Oh yeah, you would just pull up at home and it would charge. Yeah. Like, totally put unnecessary engineering that you need because yeah, plugging exactly. in takes thirty seconds. If you're a tax electric taxi on a taxi rank and you're moving down the rank and you want to charge while you're waiting, like okay, kind of makes sense. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe delivery vans and that kind of thing. That kind of makes it a bit easier if you need to charge for like a few minutes and then move mm-hmm. and keep mm-hmm. charging that kind of fine yeah um so yeah i think definitely that, that the plugging in like isn't isn't an issue it's a really bad cut on my hand getting my charging cable out of my polestar the other day so oh, it's dangerous to, uh, <laughs> to play to, <laughs> getting playing to polestar a magnet would that, never do that to you that, uh, yeah exactly yeah uh, other than that it's uh yeah it's pretty it takes like 30 seconds to plug your car when you get home it's exactly i was just can you use um do you ever talk about the implications you're Zappy has for battery health of, of the car, for example, because we hear yeah. a lot about how fast charging can negatively impact battery life. Yeah. And... So actually, like, trickle charging your car um, from solar or slower charging your car is a whole lot better for the mm-hmm. battery instead of, like, we always say, you know, the, the batteries 
the batteries control themselves essentially the oems know what they're doing to protect the battery life and the chargers essentially responding to a signal to the car the charger can only put what the car allows it yeah. to do but just like the physics i guess of it i don't know whatever it is the chemistry of the battery cell they just like being slow like slowly charged and often mm -hmm. not like blitzed full emptied yeah. blitz full emptied blitz full so i think that slower um charge is better for the battery longevity from what i hear yeah so for the yeah. home charger and then particularly if it's home from like direct from solar and that exactly thing, yeah better. but even even if you haven't got solar just if you're not in a rush mm. just put it in like a lower ampage you know don't you don't mm. have to charge it at the full seven kilowatts that the home allows you could drop it down to 16 amps or something three mm. kilowatts and just let it trickle charge slowly charge so you're not putting too much um pressure on your main fuse you know of the mm. home yeah yeah, interesting. And in terms of your kind of growth, so we talked a bit at the start about the kind of business and, and where, where you guys are at, kind of what, what's next for you guys? You've got a few interesting partnerships and things that yeah. are kind of have, I've seen announced and things that are coming. So kind of what's the, in the next sort of 12 months for you guys? So, yeah, um, definitely co constantly watching the market and how it's evolving. And what we're seeing is, is um, it's becoming more mainstream now, like our market is becoming more mainstream, which means like how do we get to customers? Because historically we've gone through wholesale, through trade, and that's just that was our route to market. But we're seeing a lot more people, you know, buy cars through the likes of their bank, um, mm -hmm. not cars through the likes of the bank, mm -hmm. but smart home tech. Like we've just partnered with Santander because they're trying to encourage people to greenify their homes. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, Cinch, we've just launched with Cinch. So when people are at the point of buying the car, um, naturally we're starting to look at that. And I think some of these car companies are looking at ways that if they're not going to be able to, because electric vehicles don't need like servicing as much as mm -hmm. you know the traditional engine vehicle does. So how are they going to recoup some of the costs or extras that they make and they're now yeah. looking at like yeah the home like battery storage solar and stuff like that so we're seeing a lot of inbound demand from some of the larger companies who have a lot of customers and now we've got production up and running and we can churn out these products at volume it's now like how do we get to a more mass market so we're looking at models like that so we'll always go through our traditional route we'll always look after our installers um, but we're also going to pull them in for the journey as well and partner them with some of these big customers and connect the dots for the end consumer. Um, so tidying that up and making sure that the journey for the end consumer is smooth instead of sending them off here, there and everywhere, trying to get a nice, smooth customer journey has been a big focus this year. And um, new market entry, because we've got, um, you know, we are in other markets anyway, we're developing the products so that can, we can sell them in every market that we're in because they're crying out for them. But then also looking at new places, you know, we haven't done anything in France, Spain, Italy hasn't done too much. Um, we've got, a, you know, focus on the Nordics. We used to sell into Norway, but then it sort of dropped off a little bit. But we're getting a lot of demand now for our battery storage because their market sort of seems to have sort of, um, uh, what do you call it? When it's settled down a little bit, stabilised, mm -hmm. like they're ahead of us, but now it's plateaued. Right. I think now they're looking at other yeah. It's not just EV charging. So it's just following the trends and doing what we need to do as a business to keep growing and definitely internationalize, definitely bring out new products. Like we've got a list as long as our arm as, of products that we want to develop. Um, so we'll, you know, continue to focus on that hard. You can't give us any clues, I guess. Um, it's all, all around the home. So definitely like more, we're definitely looking at more control, like heat controls yeah. and um you know more innovation around battery storage and 
we're getting a big demand for larger battery storage, which is interesting. Mm. Um, so there's lots of different ways that it could go, but I think our focus is always going to be around the home. We haven't even scratched the surface on what we can do with that app as well. Like the app is just so good and so engaging to the customer. We've not really developed it too much over time, but I think now we're getting, because we've been focused on the hardware, but I think there's so much that we can do with innovation around the app and gamification of renewables and rewarding people. What's your ultimate vision for, for the app? What would you be able to do on it? In a, in a I, I just, um, there's there's quite a lot, to be fair. Like, I want to get the customers a lot more engaged with what it actually means by being a My Energy customer, like just how much carbon they're saving yeah. and just, like, you know, giving them a massive pat on the back, giving them some rewards for what they're doing. And if they've balanced the grid, like, share that earning. Um, you know, there's, there's just, there's a lot. There's a lot. I've got an out of it. I've got a lot of ideas to that. It's amazing what that sort of incentivization can do. I've driven cars where it, it gives you sort of an eco score oh at the end of it. a journey and <laughs> uh, it, rates it. Your, it rates your deceleration. Are you, yeah. you regening as much as you possibly can? Are you accelerating yeah. slowly enough? I'm blah, so blah, blah. To that and if I get less than 90% on a journey, like, yeah, absolutely. I have to go back and do it again. <laughs> I, miss, I miss the little Christmas trees on the Nissan Leaf. The first car oh, I yeah, had yeah. used to get like little christmas trees random as hell and like the most i ever saw i think was about six or seven and i was absolutely buzzing like didn't want it to be wiped out I thought that's got to be like an absolute record <laughs> like and your high I, school i'm driving like a little yeah. granny like, <laughs> no disrespect to grannies but i'm driving like so so slow getting these watching these little leaves stack up but again there's so much stuff it's like we could say you know You've, you've saved this much energy, you've saved this much power, this is what you've saved off your energy bill. Do you want to mm. donate it to the polar bears or do you want to mm. donate it to your local community who can't afford energy or do you mm -hmm. just want to like pay it off your own energy bill? Yeah. You terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you have to be a terrible yeah. Yes, I lose 50 points. <laughs> yeah, there's so yeah. much lose fun stuff we could yeah. do with it. Yeah, so I can't wait to get stuck into that really. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And in terms of like the, so that's kind of in the, I'd say the short term, short term in startup land. Um, but what's the kind of long long term vision? What's the? Um, I just want to throw a Drax party. Keep, <laughs> I just want to like say that. Oh my god, we've got seven gigawatts of flexible power, and just have a huge party for all of our customers, for everyone that's been on the journey, and just mm. go. This is how we can decarbonize. And I've I've always put that out there as well, mm. like that out there. I'll just throw a huge party for everybody and go. Look what we've achieved. Like that is amazing. Whether we're doing anything with that yeah. power or not, I just find that yeah. such a huge and powerful. Um, thing to get to like so in my mind that million customers in the UK because we've already shipped like I think it's coming up 600,000 devices but that's across our markets mm -hmm. um, so when in a few years time when we get to that million customers in the UK that's a real goal for me and then I'll be like right okay and, and I do I have got a little bit of an internal like itch for the states i think yeah. lots of us brits want to conquer the states whether you're a musician or whatever the states yeah. is like the dream and um it's complicated over there because it's different in every state but i just think they'd love us i just think mm -hmm. they'd like really like i think there's there's a gap for this product and for the brand and i always already do a bit of work out there um uh, with the racing and stuff like that sponsor yeah. the racing and i just love i just love the americans and I think the the opportunity over there is huge, and if we could get it, if we could crack it, that would be mm. amazing. But it's going to take a lot of capital, a lot of work. There's a lot of regulations to figure out, like the UL certification. And what we do is not easy. We don't just sell a car charger. If we did, that'd be pretty straightforward. Yep. But because we sell an ecosystem, because homes work so differently, because everything's so different, it's quite a challenge. But if we 
we're up for it, so may as well give it a go. I heard some, someone told me the other day that a very small percentage of US homes have a kettle. So there might be, yeah, apparently. What do they do? Well, no, no tea, Just I guess. Just don't have a cup of tea. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> what do I'll... these people do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what will they do at six o'clock in the evening? I um, one thing I wanted to ask you, just again, for my benefit more than anything else, is what, what can we do with that seven gigawatt of, of flexible power? What, what are the implications of that? I just think, like, that's a huge amount to take pressure off the grid. So when there's, like, you know... The World Cup's on and everyone's boiling a kettle at the same time. Not in the US. <laughs> no, not in the US. Um, we'll be able to go, don't worry, guys, we got you. Yeah. We just like, just every, if everybody in London, it might not even be, it'll only be in grid-constrained areas. If we can go, right, all the zap is in this area, just sh- sh- load shed down by one kilowatt. No mm. one's, the home won't notice it. Yeah. Just one kilowatt each. And then... The grid would pay you for that, for being responsive to that. It means they haven't had to strike up coal stations. It means they haven't had to, it means that we're truly decarbonising the grid mm-hmm. because you're not having to power up hefty power plants. Um, My energy powers half-time cup of tea in World exactly. Cup final. There just you go. Headlines like are just in there. Fun. Do you know what I mean? Does, just yeah, a yeah. huge pressure off our system, which means that we can get more renewables onto it. And as a country, we're more energy independent. It's just, my God. It genuinely excites it excites me. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how symbolic in the in the transition of the energy market and all this talk about the grid. It's amazing how symbolic that cup of that evening cup of tea is. Yeah, it feels like it represents so much. Yeah. Um, but I think we we better bring this to a close. Unless you had any uh, closing thoughts or anything you wanted no, to no. to sum up. Thank you oh, so much God. for joining us. Thank We're going to be fact checked on inductive charging and the amount of <laughs> US homes. Yeah. I'm going to have loads of Americans message me to tell me about their kettle now as well, yeah, which is yeah, going to be unfortunate. Kettles, yeah. But uh, thank you very much to Jordan. Thank you, Chris, for coming in as always. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. <laughs>